my name, Brother Mimoon. This is Grace and Spirit. We welcome you to the Black Boys Are Beautiful podcast. There's an overwhelming consensus in society that black boys, although they are beautiful, they will one day grow up into be a creature that is maligned in society and objectified as an it rather than internalized as a person. Black boys will one day grow up into be black men. Okay, that now leads me to wanting to ask you, um, you know, being the man that you are now, what would you say, because I feel like you do stand for a lot of things, but what would you say you're the biggest advocate of or for? Like what? Black people. Okay, there you just go. Then you have black, it. Just black people. <laughs> I, I mean, again, if you're doing it, you black, and it's not causing more harm than good, I'm I'm for it. Like, do your thing, you know? Uh, yeah, just want Black people to have the freedom to exist in space. And that's it. That's that's all it is. We, um, you know, how you exist in the space is up to you. And, you know, I might, I'll say this, sometimes, sometimes I feel some type of way about people existing in space and not doing something with the space that they're occupying, right? Or doing something of value with it. That's a whole personal thing, right? Uh, but in terms of my overall advocacy, I'm always gonna advocate for things that help support um, and maintain the sustainability and or stability of black people. So sometimes you have to support things that, I support things that are only for uh, momentarily stable. And, and I also try to work for things that become more sustainable because how the world is, isn't how it has to be. but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm rooting to quote the great philosopher and writer and creator Issa Rae. I'm rooting for everybody black, all the black people. We can all, we can all win. We all should win. We should all, or maybe not. We all should win. We should all have the, uh, the opportunity to compete in an authentic way, to have an opportunity to try to win. Cause not everybody is literally going to win. Uh, but if, but we all can be in a way that's like, Good for all of us. Yeah, so. we should all be able to submit our applications and not be and not even be asked what you know what is your race like. Why does it matter? I mean, just even beyond your race, right? Like we've all had to subtract from ourselves to fit in a to fit in a space. Mm-hmm. I want us to be our authentic selves without code switching. You know, I think yeah. it's beautiful that we can do it, but like I don't think we should all have to. I don't think any of us should have to. We should be our authentic selves. There's so much uh, beauty in the diversity of Black people that we should not be subjected to monoliths and we should not have to shrink ourselves to sustain ourselves. So I want us to be able to show up the ways we show up. I want I want the women and the girls in our community to show up however they choose to show up, right? Especially like the first thing that they try to, you know, subjugate is our, is that our, their appearance and regulate then their own self-image. And what does that do? That then mirrors back to our men and our boys. And that then shows them that the only acceptable appearance is this colonized appearance, is this shrunken appearance. That's unacceptable. We should be able to show up as our authentic selves. And then we should honor and uplift and uphold our authentic selves. So mm-hmm. Black people, like there should... It, it honestly bothers me every time I hear the first black. It blows me because like, like when it happens, like if it happens and the year starts with like a two, it blows me when it is something that happened within my lifetime. Because I'm like, God damn, we still 
the first on the first of something you know what i'm saying like what what else have we not been doing what else have they been hiding from us what else have they been keeping from what else are they afraid that once we fucking kick in the door (laughs) they ain't got it no more why because when we do get in other spaces we try you know some of our authenticity comes out whether we're trying to suppress it or not So I just want us to, I want us to exist to ourselves and mirror to ourselves what our authentic selves look like. And I want us to be able to exist as our authentic selves. And that's what I work towards. My authentic self happens to be somebody who likes to tell stories. And that's why I could talk so much and say things. But my authentic self is using a mechanism to go as fast as I am humanly able to go on that mechanism. My authentic self is only getting my hair done once every six months, but still growing it out, right? My authentic self is sometimes showing up uh, wearing like self-coutured clothing, right? That is my authentic self. And all of these things should be, you know, allowed. I should be able to use colorful language and slip into Patois if I so choose to, or speak Dominican Spanish when it suits me because that's my authentic self. Whereas for other people, right, that may not be them. And that may not be what they expect from whoever, you know, when they encounter me. But that's where I think we should be at. Now, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, because I know you said what you wanted to be when you were a child. But who did you admire the most um, as a child? Or who did you look up to? Oh, guess I never thought about it. Or I don't, maybe. I mean, I guess I looked up to people. <laughs> yes, I because it's like you know, if you grow up playing sports, like you have a favorite athlete usually in each sport, but I couldn't tell you really anything other than like I like the way they play the game, or probably I like the way this already famous player has been marketed to me to make him my favorite player. Like, uh, except in the case of like it was a weird point where like my favorite hockey player was Mike Greer, but he was awful. <laughs> I mean, he was good enough, he was obviously good enough to play in the NHL. But he was like a regular NHL player. And like, I'd be going to bat for this man. And like my friends who also play hockey would be like, they were like, oh, I guess it makes sense why you like him. But at the time as a kid, I wouldn't have been able to tell you why I liked him. But looking back on it, it was because he was like the only black player, the only American born black player in the NHL for like a period of like four years. So that's probably why he was my favorite player because he was a black dude. Um, And he wasn't like a light skinned, like half black. Okay, that's fucked up. He wasn't, he was like both of his parents were black. He was visibly black. He was my complexion. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, cause there were other black dudes, but they was looking real Drakeish, and they were born in Canada. Like my Greer was like American born. Like he was nigger. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, like he talked like the few times I'd interview him, he would talk like, I mean, talk like a dude from New York, but still like I understood what he was saying, you know, versus like other, uh, So, yeah, I wasn't trying to, like, come for anybody there when I said the other statement or, like, sow a, like, seed in the diaspora wars, I was just saying. But I don't I don't know. I didn't really look up to people, I guess. Or maybe I did. I can't remember. I remember somebody said who was my hero when I was in fourth grade. And I, like, said Frederick Douglass. And they said, why? And I said, because he whooped that cracker's ass. And then I got in trouble. So, like... I don't, I don't know. Do you have anybody as an adult? Like now, is there anybody that you, that you look up to and be like, yeah, that dude is solid. Um, I look at examples people have set and I utilize those now to set tones within my own existence. Mm -hmm. Um, I also can say I try. Yeah. So 
they're like, so, I'm, so again, I'm a member of Groofire Groups as Fellowship Incorporated, and I have, get the opportunity to meet and talk to and build with men who I probably wouldn't uh, because they are not my contemporaries. However, in other spaces, but I get access to these men, you know, because when they were in their late teens, early 20s, they decided to pledge a lifelong organization. And I did the same thing. And now we're just like, OK, cool. We all symbology and stuff like that. We all get along. With. But because I always joke about like how, you know, black organizations, you pledge for life. And when you think about it, it's like, who are you when you're pledging? Like you haven't really become yourself. So like every idea that you have about yourself is just funny because it's like, dog, that could all shift and change. Like you're not even really there yet. Like whatever. So we all made this decision before we became ourselves. Um, and then, you know, now I, there are men who've like, like I said, fellow gangster Thelman Robert Wright, uh, we call him affectionately Gangster Rock, always would drop nuggets. All like he and he also led by example. Um, talked a lot of shit, but not even but. And he was all about the people, all about creating opportunities for other people, always uh, making sure he's looking out for people, demonstrating what it's like to be someone who looks out for people. Um, in a genuine way, uh, dealt with people where they're at. There's another groove that um, I know, and it's actually Gangster Rob's best friend. Uh, call this man Fire Marshal Bill, Fellerman Bill Camp. Uh, I met him right after he retired from the D.C. Metro Fire Department. Yeah, Bill is like the older brother that I didn't know that I needed. And when I say older brother, I mean, I think Bill is like 12 years younger than my dad, maybe, right? But so he's a lot older than me. But like we sit around and kick it like, you know, we've always known each other, always been homies. And at the same time, he drops nuggets for me, gives me bouts of wisdom, shows me what it's like to be an upstanding individual. Also shows me that upstanding individuals have multifacets to them. And those facets allow you to exist as your authentic self. That's one thing I always admire about Bill. I've never seen him censor himself for anyone. And it's like an empowering thing. I mean, and then I look like laterally to my contemporaries. I, I, I admire my best friend for the way that he has, he again, lives his life and shows up for people. He's not a very loud person, except when he laughs. Uh, he looks out for people. That's like, that's the best I can say. Like, I mean, looked out for me more times than I can count. And he checks up on people. He's really good at that. Like reaching out and making sure that like everyone in his circle is good, even when they're not. But the thing is like he's always the first to know what's going on with everybody because he genuinely cares to know what's going on. And, you know, he'll tell you about himself, but you know, there's some people who only reach out because they got something to talk about. Like, no, he just mm -hmm. reaches out because he's like, Oh, I'm just trying to make sure you could. Ain't heard from you in a brick. Like, what's up? Wow. So How refreshing. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah. So I guess those are the people. And I look up to people or look at a guy that like my contemporaries who they do. Uh, I have a lot of respect for people who get up and do things versus like not. So you are, I mean, you do, you, you do stuff. Like you don't just say, I have an idea. You then go and make, and you know, some people are like, oh, I'm manifesting. And it's like, but their idea of manifesting isn't filling out the paperwork, isn't making the calls, <laughs> isn't run, doing the work. You know what I'm saying? It's just uh, sitting there and just daydreaming. And then, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, like they did a Google search and they're like, well, now I know how to do it, but it's like, what are you doing? 
right? Um, someone else. Yeah, that word manifest got so many people effed up out here. Like, really, we need to replace the word. I'm gonna mention four words, and you know, you tell me what comes to your mind. Okay. Saturday night bike club. Uh, people who have decided to exercise a sense of freedom by doing a childlike activity that they can still do as adults. Uh, people who want to, you know, engage in their wellness. People who want to catch a vibe. People who want to have fun. Uh, a space to try different things with your bike, to learn different things about your bike. Space to kind of, you know, push yourself forward if you so choose to. Also a space to exist exactly where you are, if you're comfortable right there, if you choose to. I think about how it all kind of started. And it started with just like me and people I was cool with just being like, hey, go ride bikes. And then some people would be like, why? And then they didn't get a follow-up answer. <laughs> who said when, you know, it was like this date and this time, let's do it. Or how about this time? Where are we going? How about we meet here and try to get there, you know? I remember a lot of our early bike rides were like from random parts of the city to Black Lives Matter Plaza and back. And the reason why was just every time we tried to get there, it was like, you know, we had to get there from a new place that we're starting. So then it kind of, and it gave us like a thing rather than trying to be like, oh, let's go this many miles. It was just like, all right, let's try and get here. Like, can, is that possible? Yeah, I think that's possible. We could totally do that, right? Um, we have fun doing that. And then you get there and you're like, shit, we're here, cool. And you have to get back. So then it was like, all right, well, it's time to get back. Should we go the same way or should we try a different way? Um, yeah, it was just, you know, loud music, just joy for people. Just Again, the opportunity to just have a moment. What are some things you still hope that Saturday Night Bike Club will accomplish in the future? I would like for the organization to and the club and the club members to continuously be a space for Black people to ride bikes and be comfortable riding bikes and have the opportunity to ride bikes with other Black people and like not develop any sense of elitism, which I don't think would happen, but you know, these are the things like art, like uh, just to be cool, like, you know, People just want to ride their bikes, have a moment. Just be, again, be a continual space for people to have that, that joyous moment, whether it's 30 minutes, whether it's an hour, you know. Just, yeah. So, and for those that don't know, Saturday Night Bike Club is a, um, it's a nonprofit organization. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and it's basically, as the word um, leads to, it is a bike club. Um, where, you know, they schedule group rides, they ride together. I know you guys are doing, I, I think, is Saturday Night Bike Club, are members from your club racing as well, or is that different? Well, no, so um, we, so what we do is um, we had last year a race team, like uh, the club kind of sponsored a race team. Mm -hmm. And that, like and that race team included some members of the club and just to say like membership in the club isn't like a formal thing there's no like card carrying membership or anything like that it's just kind of if you 
say you're gang, then you're gang, and you know, you show up to rides and show up to events and whatever, then you know, you like bikes, cool, you in the club. Like, so we had people who were familiar with like what we were doing and had been to some of our events or our rides, and you know, and then some other people who like proclaimed that they were gangs. So, you know, um, and so that's how the race team started, but you know, trying to be reflective of the moment. Once we started the race team. Um, we try to do like more social activities. A lot of people were intimidated and thought that now our focus is just racing or that our overall focus is racing, getting faster, uh, not being an inclusive bike space. And that's the opposite of what we wanted to do. So for 2022, the club is not sponsoring a race team. What has happened is I and, uh, Carl Mitchell, who was who's in Saturday Night Bike Club and was on the race team, um, decided that we would start uh, a DC-based race team because there are race there are black race teams around the area, but a lot of them are like based in like Waldorf or somewhere like far out in PG County or Northern Virginia, and you know, there are black people who ride bikes, who want to ride bikes fast, who race in DC and may not have the means to commute all the way out there for training or whatever, whatever. So we decided to start a thing and also that would admire and uh, not admire, but also like uphold and encourage uh, DC culture would include youth and train them up. Um, and also be inclusive of women, which not all race programs are. So we started TBR, which stands for them Bama's Racing. Uh, you know, so even our name has DC vernacular in it, uh, just so you, you know, know, you know, Carl's not from DC, but he's lived here for quite a while. I am from DC. So, you know, it mattered to us to be authentic in that way. But yeah, so Saturday Night Bike Club still will hold uh, events and some of those events will be races, um, but there won't like they won't necessarily have any connection to the race team other than some people in the club are on a separate race team. Um, yeah, and that race team right now is like 14 people. So it grew from this. It came out of the team that started with like six last year. But there's people from different clubs and stuff in on the race team. Um, and the cool thing about our race team is like people can be on the race team and they like rep their club as well. So like your jersey will have like a patch on it or like a thing, a mark on it that like shows like you're from a different club. So we're kind of like a, a confederation of you know, like-minded and stylistic people versus like, you know, a brainwashed group who's just trying to like ride cloud off each other or something. Let me ask you this only because um, it's burning in my heart a little bit. Um, and I think I hear um, from the, the the few bike rides that I've been on, um, you know, people talking about when they first got dropped, you know, when they want a group ride. I almost want to say it's always happened to me. Like I've always... Maybe not when I went to the Baltimore ride. I think um, as much as I gave up that day, um, I was still cheered along and, and made it. Um, but how do you feel, you know, as the organizer of your rides, do you feel any special um, thought or feeling about people who don't make it to the end? Does that mean anything to you? So uh, when we, like in 2020, when we were doing it. There, we had no concept of people getting dropped. Uh, sometimes people who would use the bike share bikes, uh, like when we'd get to like a stop, may like, you know, I mean, they check their bikes in, you know, because we were stopping so they could like save money and it wouldn't like the timer wouldn't run. But they some people sometimes would be like, hey, this was fun, but I'm not going the rest of the way. I'm just going to like Uber home or something. And we'd be like, hey, text us when you get home, whatever, whatever. 
Um, or sometimes we'd make a route and the person rode to where we start, rode their back to where we started. So they dipped off the route at a place that like now completed the circle for them. So it was like, oh, I'm closer to home now. So that kind of thing. But yeah, there was no notion of like, oh yeah, let's like go fast or like push a certain pace. It was like, it was supposed to be inclusive and, you know, we wanted to keep everybody as together as humanly possible, learning how to do that and learning how to ride like that. And some of that stretched into like us then volunteering with like primability and stuff. And like, it was a, like I said, it was our point was to be accessible and inclusive. I remember one of our club members specifically in 2020 who would habitually give up. And that kind of encouraged us to like always like have like two or three people to like stay with her. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that kind of worked itself out. Um, but like now she doesn't participate. Um, yeah, basically after the amazing race, she stopped participating. Um, uh, coming on rides and stuff or participating in our activities. And then one day she revealed to me that she just basically hates biking. I was like, well, why do you keep doing it? She was like, because my friends keep inviting me. <laughs> okay, I don't stop oh, doing goodness. things you hate, obviously. Um, and then she kept like trying to convince me that it was like the quality of her bike. And I was like, no, it's because mentally you've already admitted that you don't want to do this. And that's then what I come back to say, like biking is mental. It is, I'd say about 80% mental because um, there still is a 20% where you have to literally like spin your legs, but 80% of it, you have to tell yourself like, I'm gonna keep spinning my legs. And really it's not even like you shouldn't be thinking about that most of the time. The only time you should really be thinking about pedaling is when you got to go up a hill. And that's when like, but everything before that should be just like, all right, cool. Just, it's like walking, except you get further away. But to answer your question i a in 2021 didn't design all the routes uh i didn't lead all of the rides i was less involved in that process than i was in 2020 in 2020 i did almost every route um my co-founder did like two but i did every other one other than the two um in 2021 i did not do as many um, and we had the women's only rides with femme fatales and from what i heard no one got dropped from those rides um, but I wasn't there, so I wouldn't know. Uh, I was women only and supposed to create and harbor a create, uh, secure place for women to do their thing and to not mm-hmm. be subjected to the male gaze while doing it, which, sorry that happened, so I wasn't there, right? Um, but yeah, I when I hear people say like, oh, the pace is too high or something like that, it does give me pause simply because then it's like, all right, like, I don't know what to do to like stop myself from like, 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 I think everyone has like a minimum that they can hit, like they, they like can do. And I don't mean this just in a bike sense, but I mean, like, like there's kind of like a, a, like a point with your like physical activity, I think. Right. Everyone has a minimum and like biking for me is like, is these past couple of years, like, athletic outlet but before it was biking it was flag football before it was flag football it was college football before it was college football it was several different sports you know what I mean and gym class and stuff like that so with that I've always been a person who likes doing physical activity but I, I don't like running like I don't like running for the sake of running but like I'll go take a walk a long walk I'll go you know rock climbing or walk like go to a rock climbing you know, place and do that. I go to jump zone or some shit and sky zone. And like, you know, like I always like, I'm always down to do something physical. So it's hard for me to like wrap my mind around when people are like, 
nah, I don't really like enjoy that. And then that means probably their minimums are set lower or it's like, Hey, I'm on this fitness journey now and I'm trying to get into this. And it's like, and then sometimes I even tell people like, like, and that's also, no, nah, I tell people like we started like telling people on the rides, like, you know, like advertising before, like what type of ride something was like, this might be an advanced ride. It might be intermediate. This might be, you know, social, which means like, Hey, it's going to be led by somebody who's going to be chilling and everything we do is going to be chill. Ain't nobody going to be pushing a pace and you're not really going to not going to work up a sweat unless it just happens to be hot or humid. You know, this is DC. It do get hot and humid, but like, so it's like, we try to like give people as much information as possible. So then when like, I would come around and like be like, I'm leading the ride, you know, it, I just wanted people to know like, Hey, like I have a minimum, like one of my favorite things to do is like, when somebody else is leading a ride, like ride ahead of them and like get like maybe three or four lights ahead and like whip out, have enough time to whip out my camera and then like catch footage of them like riding their bikes, you know, so then I can show it to other people and be like, hey, look, this is fun. Like black people are just doing this. But like I, as you can see, like I didn't want to be personally in the slow world group. So it, 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 it disheartens me because I know my club and the leadership in my club works so hard to make sure like things are communicated. Um, but then also some people just like find out, hey, they're having a ride. I just want to go on a group ride with black people. So it's like hard to balance the whole like being as inclusive as possible while also being, again, your authentic self. Um, there are some clubs who's like, they make it a habit. Like all they want to do is drop people. And I think you're kind of dickheads for that because that's just, because <laughs> what that means is that like, you're also not being genuine in the information you communicate. So if you're just telling people to show up and not giving them an expectation, I mean, and like I always say like there's two ways to like know, to really set your expectation when it comes to a group ride is, a, if like they say group ride and they call themselves a cycling club, that means that they're like that they're riding their bikes, not just for like just an activity and to engage in wellness, but they are doing it for a workout um, versus if they call themselves a bike club, then you should then ask a follow up question. Right. Like what. And then also going by like what you think an average mile an hour pace is, is a bad way to gauge it because if you're conscious of like how fast you're going, then you won't be actively engaged in like just moving the bike. So that's another advice I give to people, like do whatever you can do to just keep up with people. Find the comfort, if you're riding a bike with gears, find a comfortable gear that allows you to keep up and only worry about keeping up. Don't think about how fast you're going. Don't think about how far you're going. Just do what you can do to just keep up and like maintain a conversation with like the people you're keeping up with. And if you like can't bike and talk at the same time, that's cool. Not everybody can, especially in the beginning. So do what you can do to like be somewhat part of the conversation. Cause then that also helps build up the wind that you'll then need later. Like people hate me now when I show up to other people's rides, like especially the cycling clubs and I show up and like, I'll be talking shit and like trying to hold conversations with people and we'll be in a full ass workout. And they're just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh yeah. Like this is part of the workout for me. Like, I'm just getting my lungs up <laughs> while I'm like, while I'm up in the front of your group or while I'm pulling your group. Actually, and a lot of times I like not pull just so I can like talk my shit and then I'll pull and I'll take like a stupid long pull just so that like, and then they'll come up and they'll be like, hey, bro, like, we don't have to pull that long. There's a group of us. And I'd be like, oh, I know. I'm just <laughs> oh, my goodness. Being authentic. And then I'll still have my music blasting from my water bottles, like my water bottle holder. Like, I, again, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think everything we should do should be authentic. And I get some people authentically are telling me, like, this is hard for me. Mm -hmm. I just don't like I personally. 
personally, I'm not the person to like handhold you through it. However, there are so many other people in the club and people who are part of like the club leadership. Like I have to shout out like Cheryl Brady is someone who has the utmost patience for Mm. everyone and actively makes space for anyone. And she's so good at like, hey, you want to go this pace? I'm here with you going this pace. Mm. Shout out to Cheryl Brady. And even to that point, if there's any, when I first went on my bike ride, um, I don't think it was with your club. It was with a different one. Um, You know, first of all, I was, you know, timid just to be out on my bike as an adult. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is this? Why are y'all doing it? And who said it was fun? But, you know, when I did it, um, it it was amazing. Like, I, I, I was taken back by the therapeutic aspect of it. Um, and what really made it um, better was like the social support. Like you said, the people who do have the time to check on you and um, not make you feel like you are, you know, bothering them by them checking on you. You know what I'm saying? Like that was really the thing for me, like having people like Cheryl Brady's who will, hey, are you OK? Like, all right, I'm right here with you. Like that shit keeps you going. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then sometimes you go to a different ride where the the, the members are different, you know what I'm saying? And maybe yeah. they know you, maybe they don't know you. And then when you're going through this battle in your mind, like Grace, just get off the damn bike and be done with this shit. You know what I'm saying? And you don't see yeah. anyone around you to encourage you. That's where it gets like, oh, I hate bikes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. even know why I'm doing it. And then sometimes, like you said, I don't even read like what the mileage is, like how many miles are they riding? Is it for a a novice such as myself? It's just what's coming up. We'll be doing this weekend. Oh, they got a bike ride. Okay, we're going to try to go type of thing. So not a lot of planning, but those friendly faces, I mean, they make the world of difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I just asked you that because um, I think, um, I I know for me, I always want to make it to the end, you know, and I sometimes get mad at myself for not making it to the end. Um, And and sometimes depending on the person who was supposed to be there to help you, I feel like maybe they get tired of you or something. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it just depends on who's who's present and um, who is the smiling face that's just going to keep you going. Because that is really what won me over initially. Like you said, I think I just signed up for the wrong ride and um, it just got the best of me. The, the last ride I had. But I still had the support. Honestly, I mean, one of the riders stayed with me all the way to the end. And he could have he could have been left me and be like, look, Grace, you I don't know what you out here doing, but this is not what I do. But I mean, he he got off his bike and walked with me and he was a avid bike rider. Like he didn't have to be doing all that. So um, it definitely is more mental than it is physical. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I think it's it's about who's like comprises like that support system within said club. So, yeah, like there's there's def or in whatever organization, like there's definitely I'd say like the social clubs are definitely like really good at doing like what they and what they call it is like sweeping which means like you're the person in the back like i think cheryl's done it jason's done it um i mean i've done it on some rides um do you sweep i know you ain't sweeping up nothing you be in the front no i I do um yeah i do i mean and usually like when i've done it like i had the expectation like like okay yeah like I, I, you know, I'll ride a, a bike that won't like encourage me to go fast. Right. Um, I'll, you know, dress in clothing that is more relaxed. So like I'm more <laughs> relaxed, you know, less aerodynamic. Right. 
if I, you know, if I'm wearing clothes that catch the wind, you know, all the wind, then, you know, like I'm literally going to go slower, um, you know, stuff like that. I, uh, yeah, I sweep. Uh, I was actually, uh, I was one of uh, the camp counselors for the Capital City uh, Cycling Camp over the summer. And, you know, these are elementary school and middle school kids. And like, I was, most of the time when we would go on our little excursions, I was sweeping them up, you know, making sure they didn't get hit by cars. Sometimes I would like ride, like I would shoot ahead real quick when we were coming to the intersection to like, you know, throw my bike down and then put my bike on the other side just to make sure like, they got through the intersection and then I pick up and then hop back on real quick. And then I'd be off, you know, on the back again and make it, you know, but yeah, like I really, what I really like doing is called corking when you're in a club and like your job is to like just ride up ahead and, and then like get into intersections and like block them um, or like cut off like traffic or like, yeah, like I like corking. Corking is my favorite thing. Cause the other thing is like, you have to ride, like, you get the opportunity to like ride super fast. Now the thing is like you ride stupid fast and then you stop. So every time you're doing it, you're like taking off from a standing start, which is kind of fun. Um, Cause it's like, it's like easy to like go fast. If like you shoot down a hill, right. And catch that momentum and then go fast. But like mm-hmm. how many people can like be fast on like the first, like two pedal strokes around. Like there are people, a lot of, you know, who can do it, but it's just one of those things where it's like a thrill to do that. Um, also, like you get to like, I know it's weird, like you get the benefit of being on the group ride, like seeing the vibe, but you also get the benefit of like, as me, who surprisingly or not is an introvert, like I don't have to be actively engaged with the group. So it's like, I'm there, but like, I'm still like doing my own thing there. So that's cool. Like, I yeah, that, that's what I like to do. I don't like to be leading. And I, again, I'd rather be corking than sweeping. I can sweep. And when does the um when does the season resume for Saturday Night Bike Club? So March twelfth, we have our second annual Amazing Race. Yeah, that was dope. I did like that. That was a great experience for me too, because you know, being in groups with people, you know what I mean, and then automatically the, the group is rooting for you. I mean, I would hope they were, but. My- the, the last one I went to, I, I guess it was 2021. Yeah. yeah um, but the yeah. first one you had, yeah, the, you know, all my group members, we were, we were figuring it out together and it just, it was a very balanced energy. So I really did enjoy that. Even though I think I want to say we won because we got back, but I think we won because we didn't go to all the places, but it was I, very, you were, the, you were the, on the women's, the winning women's team, correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, you won because you went to the most places out of the women's teams. Cause I believe Alexis was on your team and uh, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so some, like when I think of like people who have like seen grow with their rights, like over the past like couple of years since we started, like definitely her, but uh, also like she has patience cause she's a middle school teacher. So uh, she's also a mother of five. So, yeah, she, uh, five boys, five black boys in this country. So, yeah, uh, patience. She's a, she's a monster. Yes, she is. Yeah, definitely something that uh, she has that I don't think uh, uh, the average human possesses. But <laughs> with that, like, you know, there's also an empathy and understanding. So, I, you know, she knows where she started with the things and she knows like where she wants to be and how she wants to get there. And she's very good at like also understanding what other people want to be, where they want to get to, and then working with them from there. So Alexis is really good. She'll actually be leading some of our women's only rides this upcoming season. Uh, but like I said, our first event is March 12th. It is the Amazing Race. What the Amazing Race is, for those of you not familiar, it's a scavenger hunt that allows you to discover, uh, well, scavenger hunt race that allows you to discover uh, some 
businesses that are central to uh, black people, black culture and cycling in the city, as well as some landmarks and that will expose you to local DC history and culture and have you going through areas of the city that you may not be as familiar with, but then, and it also gives you opportunity to, to like kind of explore the city on your own. I mean, obviously you follow the clues, um, but with like a group of your friends, teams can be anywhere from two to five people. Um, you compete in gender-based categories as well as we have a separate youth category, three youth categories um, for high school, middle school, and elementary school. Um, we had youth teams last year. We have women's teams, men's teams, mixed gender teams. Um, so it's a lot of fun before we start the amazing race, you know, in the little, in the area where we all meet up and we give out clues and stuff. There's a, a black owned business uh, vendors bazaar that happens. We have businesses um, set up and some nonprofits as well set up so that they can tell you about their missions and or what their products are and you can interact with them and engage with them. Um, so yeah, it's a great, it's a good time afterwards. Uh, we always pick a venue and it's usually one of the venues from the route and hang out there afterwards. You know, we do it in a, done it, did it last year, we did it COVIDly safe. Nobody, nobody got COVID, like nobody who's on any of our events tech was hitting us up afterwards and telling us about, oh shit, contact tracing, right? Like this didn't happen. So that's the other thing that's cool about biking is that you can do it in a group and not get COVID, hopefully, you know, no, <laughs> no one has. So we're, no one has in our group, let's just say that. So if anybody else is getting COVID, they wild, but we not, so we good. That's, you're absolutely, because when I was thinking about it, I was like, what are some of the benefits in this day and age is not getting COVID? Because I mean, we're outside, you're by yourself. I mean, you basically, it's going to be six feet. I mean, you can't really be that close to someone on a bike unless maybe you're at a stoplight or whatever. Yeah. Um, and wearing masks are even funner when you're on your bike or like wearing coverings for your mouth is um, yeah. seems necessary when you're out here in these streets. Yeah, so. you don't want bugs in your mouth. You know, <laughs> That's why I ride with a mask. Uh, I know some people are like, how do you breathe in that thing? I'm like, the same way I would breathe. No, I mean, so I'll say this, like paper, <laughs> not paper, but like some masks like aren't conducive to like sweating in them. So that's unfortunate. So I would advise people to like get a mask that has been designed to like for people who are working out um, and being COVID safe. But yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, just, you know, at minimum, you know, you could pull up and down a net gate or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's a safe activity for these day and times. And the safe thing about doing one of our activities is, right, like, you know, if something happens to your bike, right, like we'll have, you know, we have people stationed around the route to make sure like, hey, you know, things are getting taken care of. Uh, we'll have, you know, we'll be announcing it later, but some surprise businesses that are going to be along the route to like make sure that people have water and you know, in some cases, coffee, because coffee is a big thing in the bike community to drink, um, you know, warm drinks, because it is March, even though March is spring, we understand that like you can't, March is unpredictable with the weather, right? So March 12th is the first one. Um, if, you know, it snows and there's inclement weather, we'll just postpone it a week to the 19th. And, uh, in, you know, in April, we're going to be doing a family bike giveaway. We're also going to be hosting an Arboretum race. In May, we're going to be doing, you know, I think collaborating with BBRB to do another fun run, if I remember correctly. Um, in June. Yes, May 7th, to be exact, for the fun run. May 7th. Okay, cool. Yes. So uh, we've got some other rides and things you know working out uh that you know again we're gonna have some time for towel rides we're gonna have uh 
someone, there's going to be a collaboration between us and the Crank Squad Bike Club to do an interesting Homes of Southeast tour. Um, so to just kind of stop and check out interesting architecture in the Southeast. Um, as in Southeast, you say? Yeah, <laughs> Southeast. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it will be, you know, it'll be a, an active tour, we'll call it, because uh, Southeast definitely has a, a terrain that isn't necessarily for people who are novices, but they're going to, you know, go at a pace that's not terribly fast. Uh, you know, can you stop, take pictures? There'll be a lot of breaks and things. You get to look at cool houses. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of things. Uh, and this year, uh, we're going to have another Midnight Crit, which is a criterium race that'll, that's based on bike categories instead of, like, skill categories. But, yeah, uh, it was a great fun last year. Um, we're going to host another hill race in the fall. Uh, we're going to participate in the Armed Forces Cycling Challenge. Some of our membership is. So, yeah, we're just going to do a lot of different things and try to curate or be a part of a lot of different experiences and give people various places to interact with each other on bikes and have a good time. I will be honest, we're not going to host too many just group rides this year, uh, simply because, you know, there are a lot of other groups in the city who are doing group rides. And that is, you know, there's a beauty and abundance. Um, so what we will do is just, you know, help those other groups advertise their rides and let people know like, hey, such and such, like some groups uh, hold weekly rides, some groups hold uh, compet weekly competitive rides, some groups hold multiple rides a week, whether they be social and competitive. Um, and, you know, and they are black groups and, you know, rather than saying like, hey, you got to come to our stuff or this, you know, just go to their stuff, have a good time. And then it's like when you're ready to try something new on your bike, that's like a different experience then hey, come rock with us, and, you know, we'll curate that. So that's that's kind of stuff that we're focused on. And again, fulfilling our mission, we're doing three bike giveaways throughout the year. So um, that's going to be, an, you know, an interesting a new dynamic to add. And we're also going to be making sure that we involve ourselves with uh, actively riding with youth and making sure that we help promote gearing up in their mission and getting youth in there and those programs so they can learn skills to penetrate the bike industry. So, yeah. So people who are interested in being a member of um, the Saturday Night Bike Club, what do they need to do to do that? Uh, if you want to become a member of uh, Saturday Night Bike Club, show up to our events uh, and just let us know you down with the crew. I mean, I guess you could do other things, right? Like uh, we have merchandise for sale, whether it be uh, formal bike jerseys or uh, dry fit t-shirts with our logo on it. But I guess you could wear something that said SNBC. You don't have to, we're not asking people to dress the same on our rides. If you wanted a jersey, you can have one. And if you know, you could purchase one. Um, if you'd like to purchase a dry fit t-shirt, you know, we also have those available, but I uh, really just show up and be gang, you know, um, it's, you know, come with good vibes, good energy, uh, you know, have a playlist when you show up to ride, <laughs> you know, bring a speak, a loudspeaker, you know, when you ride to play your music, introduce people to music that you like to listen to, or the, you know, when you're working out riding around the city, um, you know, bring a, positive environment you know be a positive person you know don't bike shame like somebody doesn't have you know you know whatever bike people are on just accept that that's the bike they're on don't question it 
it's none of your business because it's not the bike you ride, right? And yeah, like, you know, don't make women feel gross when you're on the rides. Like, yes, we get it. Some of them will be in athletic clothing. You'll be able to see those <laughs> shapes and figures. Great. Oh my don't goodness. Be a weirdo about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, treat them. Like, I always say this, like, there are oftentimes men who only seem to have respect for women if those women are blood relatives of theirs. And what I say is when you're in public, treat every woman with that same respect. It really isn't that hard to not objectify women. Like, it's really not that hard. Or, or maybe maybe I'm just missing it, but it doesn't seem to be that hard to just give women, especially Black women, the space to exist authentically without having to worry about being uncomfortable, right? Um, but yeah. If men do do that, then we ask them not to join us anymore. It's really simple as that. We self-police. And then in added layers, we also have femme fatale rides. So you can, you know, ride with just only women. And you don't have to worry about it, right? So, yeah, just show up to something we do. And like, Grace, you're in the club because you show up, you know? you like. I was about to ask you, how many rides do you think a person got to show up to be gang gang? I mean, you show up. So you gang, like, I don't know. <laughs> There's no, we haven't set a formal membership thing. We don't have a criteria. We don't have uh, paid access to things. I mean, if you want a t-shirt, yeah, you got to pay for that. If you want a jersey, yeah, you got to pay for that. But like, there's no, there's no controlled access here, right? Like this is an, ex, this is a, a space where it's open to anybody. Now, if you, again, if you wearing our stuff and you're out here wilding, then, you know, we'll let everyone know. Nah, we're not affiliated with that person. <laughs> you just purchase a shirt, right? And this person, and, and then we will defend your character, but not really. Like if you're, like I said, if you're out here doing things that don't fall in line with the values of our membership, then we will let everyone know what you're doing and how that does not fall in line with the values of our membership. And even though, yeah, this person bought a t-shirt, they do not represent us and are not welcome on our rides. You or know, because you wearing a Nike shirt when you do a crime doesn't mean that Nike is a thief. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they're criminal now. So same thing. Exactly. Same exactly. thing works that way. Exactly. But we just, again, we want to foster a safe, nurturing environment, right? Like there are members, I'll just say it blankly, because these things need to be talked about. We don't need to be hiding our things. And that's one of the things my parents taught me uh, was mm -hmm. that, you know, we are human and it's to air, but like there are men in the cycling community who do not respect women. Those men are not allowed on our rides. We've actively told them this, right? And not just for the things that we've publicly seen them do, but the things that we have been informed that they are privately doing. We tell them, you're not welcome. <laughs> Saturday Night Bike Club is a is Saturday Night Bike Club is for black people. First and foremost, if you, and if you're doing things that don't respect black people, right? And you can be a black person who doesn't respect black people, right? If, if you are using, if you are misusing community influence and funding, you're not welcome on our rides. And we have, again, had to check people on this to let them know you're not welcome in the spaces that we're occupying, you know, when we're occupying those spaces. And again, why would you want to be around? Like, if you're a negative person, why do you want to be around those positive people, right? I mean, I guess that is a colonizer mentality or an abuser mentality, but it doesn't make sense to me. So again, I, I'll check anybody quick about it. I let people know I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. And when people say, tell me why, okay, cool. I'll tell you why specifically. I will enumerate. Thank you for that. Um, taking that position. 
uh, myself and others, I'm sure we do appreciate it, even if we don't know it. So <clears throat> I guess in closing, um, I want to now prompt some, inf- you know, prompt some knowledge, some words of encouragement from you. Um, like we have said at the beginning, um, that we want to encourage self-love, self-awareness, um, both of which you have. And we are trying to, you know, just in a way set examples for black boys and give them access to, to men that they may not run into in the hallways at school or people they know from the hood, or I don't even know if they would take time to talk to anybody or learn from anyone. But um, what words of encouragement do you have for today's black boy? Keep going. Um, hmm. You know, like the moment that you currently occupy isn't the moment that you always have to occupy. And, uh, you know, as long as you enter into situations with perspective and, you know, you or trying to gain perspective, uh, being genuine in those spaces, allowing yourself the opportunity to be a human, to mess up. And when I say mess up, I don't mean going out of your way to do the wrong thing and hoping that it's that it turns out to be the right thing. I mean, you might think you're doing the right thing and it turns out it could be the wrong thing, unfortunate, but not beating yourself up about it, you know? So giving yourself the opportunity to just grow and keep going. Don't worry about, you know, the things that you can't control. Keep going. Work with the things that you can control. Occupy the spaces that feel right, and feel authentic, feel loving, feel supportive. Do that. Don't worry about the noise. Don't worry about trying to be whatever it is that you're not. Guess what? If you try to be it, you're still not going to be it. And I mean that from a space of like, if it doesn't speak to you, if you want to be the best musician, then go do that. Right. If you want to be the best athlete, then go do that. If you want to be the best artist, go do that. If you want to be the best mathematician, go do that. But also don't spend too much time focusing on things that, don't bring you pleasure and joy because you think you need to be there. You don't need to be in the spaces that are harming you. You don't need to be in the places mentally that aren't serving you well, that you don't have fun doing. You're just revel in that space, man. Just be yourself, be, be yourself, keep going. And, you know, just know that like nothing, nothing lasts forever. And that includes your attention span for an activity. But give yourself space to find a new activity. So keep going. Word. Now, um, tell us where we can, um, what you have coming up that we can tune into, where we can learn more about what you're up to, um, and also um, information about Saturday Night Bike Club. But starting with you personally. I guess you can see the things that I post at... uh, at K-M-A-T-I-K-C on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, my company's social media, my company's website is K-M-A-T-I-K-C.com. So that's, it's pronounced comatic, not K-matic, but comatic. Um, you know, we have an artistic spelling of it, but yes, comatic. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can find all the social media based on that website. If you're into social media, if you're not, again, we have a formalized website where you can find uh, our work, links to past projects, so on and so forth. Some of the artists who we work with in tandem, we support, blah, blah, blah. Um, and as far as Saturday Night Bike Club is concerned, 
the rides are always posted on Instagram and Strava. It's at Saturday Night Bike Club, the way things are spelled. Um, like we have a Facebook page, I guess you can like, but like I said, all of everything that we post first is going on Instagram and then later in other verticals. So yeah, and uh, the race team can be found at Them Bama's Racing on Instagram. They don't have a website. And uh, if you're looking to kind of join or become interested, just shoot the the account uh, DM. They'll answer and give you training rides and stuff like that and stuff that they're doing. Um, but beyond that, yeah, we are pretty accessible. Uh, I got to give a shout out to my business partner, uh, the house coat homies, name's uh, Marcus Long. Uh, we've been business partners since 2015, I guess. Um, and just trying to do things to make them being done. We've been collaborators since before we were business partners. But yeah, um, he's also a groove. Ha ha ha. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I guess you can find me and some of the things I'm involved with, you know, gearing up. You can definitely, if you're in the DC area, check them out. Uh, who else do I want to shout out? Uh, if you're a black person who likes like, kind of doing outdoorsy stuff, so not just bike ride, but like camping and like doing beach tours and running 5Ks, you can check out Major Knox Adventures. Uh, they're a really good organization who also has a close relationship with Gearing Up. They've actually probably raised a lot more money for Gearing Up than we ever have or have tried to. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're doing really dope stuff. Yeah, it's run by somebody who is, again, one of our contemporaries who, you know, I admire for being someone who like makes things happen. But yeah, they create, curate and create experiences. They call it rad discovering radical joy in the outdoors for Black people. So it's like, I don't see how you could like hate on that at all. At all, like what word to please tell me? Yeah, so they're they're pretty dope over there in that operation. Um, and don't know. you have a um? I know people when they listen to this, it probably be too late to attend, and I'm sure tickets are sold out. But I know you have you having a premiere of um a short film tomorrow. For those, I, I mean, in the aftermath of things, where do people li um link into that or tap into? Yeah, that? so on February sixth. We are, Comatic Media and High Road Cycling are hosting a screening and panel discussion for Comatic Media's 2021 short film called Saddled Solace. I was a director on the piece. Um, Marcus Long uh, did the storyboard. Uh, we uh, filmed it over the course of, I'd say the early parts of 2021. Um, and it released, well, when I say released, we finished it in 2021, submitted it to some festivals and things, but we're doing a, like I said, a local screening and panel discussion for it at High Road Cycling on Gray Street in Georgetown on February 6th at 4 p.m. Uh, 4 p.m. starts the happy hour associated with it. And the happy hour uh, is uh, some of the proceeds from that happy hour are going towards uh, Saturday Night Bike Club to further so they can further advance their mission. But if you're not in D.C. or because it's a limited space, you know, limited spacing because of COVID, um, you know, you're not able to attend in person. You're able to attend the live stream, which will be live streamed on YouTube. And the panel discussion will be live streamed on YouTube and Instagram live on Comatic Media site. Um, so on page. So, yeah, you'll be able to tap in, like I said, virtually or in person. Um, just go to our Eventbrite, just look up Saddle Tiles. You can go to Comatic Media to 
to find you go to Saturday Night Bike Club, to find you go to High Road Cycling's social media, to find the link for the event, right? And again, you can RSVP if you'd like to make donations. You can actually make donations to Saturday Night Bike Club through the Eventbrite. Um, the film is a film about Black people uh, using bikes as a conduit for their own uh, joy and freedom uh, or freedom expressions of freedom and joy, especially in a space that isn't, it hasn't always been traditionally welcoming to them. Um, so, you know, it's just a cool little thing. Uh, cool short film. The film, if you tune in digitally, the film will start streaming at 5 p.m. and then the uh, panel discussion will continue after that. The panel will be moderated by local artist uh, Jerrica Anderson. She's an improv artist as well as an actress. Uh, and it will have feature Sadiqa Snowden, who's one of the voices from the film. And She's the founder or co-founder of Come Get Your Bike On. She's also a big Kanye West fan, gang, gang. Um, there's uh, Ken Ashton. He's the president of the Major Taylor Cycling Club of, DC, of Washington, D.C. He also owns a business in Silver Spring called Frames by Rebecca. So, you know, you want to support a Black-owned business, you need something framed, go to Frames by Rebecca. And, oh, if you need a house, Deco Snowden is also a realtor in the D.C. metro area. So if you need a house, Black-owned realtor. And uh, Marcus Long, my business partner and the storyboard slash writer of Saddle Solace will also sit on the pen. You'll get different experiences, perspectives. You get to interact with them, ask them stuff about the aggregate cultures around all the themes talked about, discuss the film, whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. So, yeah, it'll be a good thing. Uh, but, yeah. Make sure you RSVP, whether for in person or digitally. And if you don't donate, you still get the links for stuff digitally. So it's all good. If you don't buy any food, but you show up in person, it's fine. We won't hold it against you. Mm-hmm. Well, we do want to, um, you know, we want to, I want to use this platform to send love to you because you are our people. Um, we thank you so much for all that you give passion to. Like, you know, you feed lots of your passion. And like you said, your passion is definitely your people. Um, and we just thank you for taking a moment to speak to us on this platform and sending your love to all the little black boys, black men and black people and maybe some non-black people who might listen um, on um, this series that we're kicking off. Because like I said, loving self, um, self-awareness is in, you know, year round. So this is not just for the month of February. And um we're wishing you, I hope you, I don't want I was going to say good luck on the film. It's already said and done, but um, I hope you get uh, the support that you deserve and that you get, you know, some decent feedback, like, you know, from the panel discussion, I hope it really does open up, um, you know, dialogue that can be useful to everybody that is part of the project. Um, yeah, and thank you for birthing um, Saturday Night Bike Club, because like I said, I don't even remember when I was on a bike, but, um, you know, it has been, even though I've, 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 I think I've been dropped maybe I want to say twice. Yeah. I've been dropped twice, um, out of maybe four or five times. So that's not bad, but, um, it was because of Saturday night bike club that, um, that we, you know, thought about doing the fun run, you know what I mean? And it becoming something that our youth can get into with their family members. Cause 
I mean, riding your bike is a dope thing. Like I, oh, before riding bikes, I always used to look at people on their bikes and think, now what makes that person ride their bike in the street? You know what I'm saying? While I'm here in my car. So it just shifts your perspective of, of the world and what you can do, where you can be, and really what what you can do with your mind, plus what you can do physically. So thank you for birthing that space for people to experience um, bike riding. And then also even the night riding is a, is a whole different thing. So I think that that's one unique thing about your club is you know the lights at night um and just people's reaction to you like what are you guys doing out here and blah 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 it makes you feel I mean if you haven't been valued or been seen all day you know it's definitely a way to kind of um reset yourself and get back on track with self in the eyes of others so thank you once more for everything you've been putting out and we are wishing you um I I hate to say we wish you success because Life is not just about always winning, but um, we wish you lessons that will further expand your already expanded perspective on life so that you can be, you know, where you need to be as your authentic self. So thank you one more time for sitting and talking with us this evening or this day or this night, whatever it is for others who are listening. Thank you. Well, I thank you all, you know, for welcoming me to the space and allowing me to, you know, talk your ears off. yeah, hope, uh, we love hope, it. Hope you find. I hope someone finds value in something that we said. And uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I just hope everybody, hope everybody wins. I guess one annotation, right? Uh, when it comes to Saturday Night Bike Club, it wasn't just me who started it. So you know, I don't want to take away from the others. Uh, we kind of, I guess, if we had like an official history, right? Uh, mm. You know, it was like me and my friend at the time. Her name is Natalie Noel. She's a social worker. Uh, kind of got me thinking about like making because you know like people talk about mental health and things and then like she was kind of one of those people who made me understand like how like closely mental wellness and physical wellness are tied into one another uh, mm-hmm. so you know not to say she's like the first person who did that but I'd say like she was someone who like made me like actively engage with the thought so uh, you know all shout outs to her of because it was again it was like both of us were the ones who were like hitting up our friends to join so that's kind of how like the club became a thing was like us being like hey let's do a ride on like this day and like whoop-de-whoop and people were like what i'm like yeah we just use the bike share bikes and then natalie pulls up she already has a bike i was like bro what so yeah Hmm. she was was stunned on us the first time because she had a bike that didn't last though you know we all we eventually all you know got our bread up but uh yeah (laughs) But the whole time, you know, we still, you know, still invite people to use bike share bikes on our rides. We don't care. It's just they suck. But OK, yeah, I mean, I mean they like, do that's, suck, that's a, but it's like a starting place. So yeah, it's a starting like place. Right. Like, don't tell me like, oh, you don't have a bike. Like, it's like, well, then use a different bike. Like, use, you know, there's, you know, make use of the resources. You know, we still give out the vouchers. You know, sometimes they don't always work, which is more of like, <laughs> is a department of transportation thing. The other ones who give them to us versus a us thing. But uh, like, please don't take that on us, but we're trying to do what we can do to like lower the barriers. You feel me? So yeah, you know, I got to give shout outs to like the first set of route captains. Uh, I feel like if I start listing people, then I like actually forget somebody and that would be disingenuous. So I don't want to do that, but y'all know who you are. You know, it's all the people who got orange jackets, you know, uh, <laughs> first, the first iteration, you know, 
He wouldn't have been able to pull off the rides, wouldn't have been able to, you know, uh, basically evolve our mission. We wouldn't have been able to focus. We wouldn't have been able to keep people safe. We wouldn't have been able to get people lights out. We wouldn't be able to curate the vibe. We wouldn't have learned the routes and done so many things, you know, that we've been able to do without that first group. And not everyone is, you know, still participating um, because some people have, you know, moved on to, you know, doing other things. Some people have literally moved away. Um, like Natalie, for example, moved away. Uh, so, you know, but, you know, if they ever come around, they're still gang, you know, we just know that life happens and that's cool, right? Like this is supposed to be a fun thing, low stakes thing. So let's keep mm -hmm. keeping it fun and low stakes. Once again, you have been listening to Black Boys Are Beautiful podcast. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. Want to big you up for that. And I want to ask that you check us out on Instagram at BBRB Beautiful and the same on Twitter. So write about us or take a look at us. Peace. <laughs>